This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, December 21st. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Nearly one in three American adults are relying on their parents for financial support. We'll discuss the implications of that in our next segment. But right now, fresh numbers are out on home sales and consumer confidence both out today. Let's break them down with the help of Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, P. NC Financial Services based in Pittsburgh. Gus, thanks for joining us today. Home sales declining 7.7% on a monthly basis in the month of November. And normally that's a flashing red light for the economy. But if you're an investor looking for signs that inflation may be easing, that's music to your ears. Um, that's right. I mean, obviously, with mortgage rates up near 7%, home sales have dropped dramatically. Uh, home building is contracting. On the other hand, we see are seeing falling prices for homes, uh, and that is going to feed into to lower inflation, and that may mean that the Fed doesn't need to raise rates quite as much. But certainly, I think in the near term, the contraction in the housing market makes it more likely that we'll get a recession in 2023. Sales down 35.4% year over year. That's the 10th straight month of declines. I mean, how much of this is a function of interest rates? And I'm sure that's a pretty big number. But at the same time, is this also a reflection of a hot housing market a year ago that was simply unsustainable? Um, Absolutely. I mean, if you remember last year, we were seeing house prices up about 20% year over year. That combined with the very high mortgage rates we're seeing now has made housing much less affordable for many households. So uh, we are seeing people pulling back. Uh, We are seeing inventory staying on the market for longer as it becomes tougher to to find a buyer. And we will see an equilibrium in the housing market where, given the increase in in interest rates, we'll see prices stabilize at a lower level that means that housing is affordable for more households. Rent is one of the components that was really driving the consumer price index in recent months. And how does this cooling in the housing market, how will it show up in easing housing prices and easing the the cost of rent month over month? Yeah, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, when they compute the CPI, they don't look at house prices directly. Uh, but what we are seeing is, is that rent growth is slowing. Uh, and in fact, in some cases, we're seeing rents decline. We're seeing house prices decline. I think overall, the the outcome is is that the housing market is slowing, that prices for housing are falling, whether you buy or rent, and that will reflect in lower inflation in 2023. Uh, and that means that, you know, at some point by the time we get to the spring of next year, the Fed will feel comfortable enough to stop raising interest rates. The uh, conference board out with the latest reading on consumer confidence, and uh, consumer confidence actually grew in the month of December. Now, if the consumer is feeling more confident, How does that feed into the Fed's thinking about interest rates? 
Well, that's actually bad news from the Fed's perspective, right? Because if consumers are feeling confident, if they think that the job market is tight, then that means more consumer spending and perhaps inflation doesn't slow quite as quickly. So um, the Fed wants to see consumers perhaps a little bit less confident pulling back on some of those big purchases of big ticket items like cars and appliances. Uh, households did say that now is not a good time to buy a house, but they were you know, feeling more optimistic about some other big ticket purchases. Uh, and the Fed wants to see perhaps a little bit less consumer confidence, not more consumer confidence. So in other words, uh, if you want uh, the, the, rate, the, the pace of interest rate hikes to slow down, stop, or even reverse, uh, if you get a phone call from the conference board saying, how do you feel about things, uh, just scream the sky is falling and be a doom and gloom person and, and maybe the Fed will listen to you. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a good strategy. <laughs> Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, trying to balance helping your adult children with protecting your own finances. we we'll talk about that next. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A new survey by personal finance site Credit Karma finds almost one in three millennials and members of Generation Z get some financial support from their parents. Let's talk about the trend with Tony Orgorek, founder of Orgorek Wealth Management based in Buffalo. Tony, thanks for joining us today. How do we define financial support from mom and dad? Well, Rob, it can be uh, sort of insidious. You know, it can start off with um, taking a look at um, a credit card, maybe give somebody a $500 or $1,000 a month uh, a credit card limit they can work with. Uh, it also could be um, cell phones, family plan. It could be uh, covering medical insurance, could be covering their auto insurance, uh, things of that nature. Is that the most uh, common form of uh, financial help? I mean, it's not just uh, uh, parents uh, writing out a monthly stipend check to their children, or, or, or does that count? Well, you know, I think when they're younger, you know, you're looking at, at uh, an allowance. Um, you know, that's what you've got. But uh, typically, if they're covering a... Um, you know, a credit card bill, or they got a specific credit card that they're working with. Well, you know, that essentially is like, uh, you know, a, a bigger time allowance for them. And what is the age range that we're talking about here? Well, you know, again, uh, it can be someone who's, um, you know, who's in college. They get out of college, and it may be age, uh, you know, 22 to age 30, where they're trying to establish themselves. Uh, where they've got to begin to make uh, payments on student debt. Uh, when they've got, uh, you know, establishing a household, they may have a lease payment on a vehicle. Uh, that, those kinds of things, um, you know, that's usually what we're, you know, what we're talking about there. Typically, you're not going to be getting support into their into their forties. And then, uh, you know, it, it, has this uh, practice uh, gone up more as a result of uh, rising prices, or is this something that's been fairly consistent over time? I'll tell you what, Rob, I think what's happened is that there's been an extended adolescence for a lot of people. And, um, you know, they, you know, years ago, people were just happy to get out of the house. They wanted to have separation. And, you know, for a lot of people, they're, they're good friends or their parents. They're doing more things uh, with them. They may be traveling with them. And the idea of continuing some level of support is, is, is uh, uh, attractive to them. I think there also was a philosophy years ago, you know, which said that I'm going to live my life. And then when I'm done with what I've got, I'll give it to my kids. 
And now more and more we're finding, you know, people are saying, well, I want to give my kids some money now while they can use it, while it helps them. And I think that factors in also. That is something I have heard from uh, some people who have uh, gone past retirement age where they say, well, instead of putting this in the will, I want to give it to them now, money or some other uh, type of financial benefit, and so I can watch them spend it and I can enjoy that, which, hey, you know, your reasons are your reasons. Yeah, I mean, here's the whole thing. I mean, if you've got a kid and, uh, you know, they're struggling, they're renting, they can't get in a house. And, uh, you know, by the time, you know, you pass out, they may be 50 or 55 or 60. And it's like, why wouldn't I want them to be able to have a nicer house, which I can visit? Why wouldn't I want, excuse me, uh, my grandkids to be able to go to XYZ camp or other kinds of things? Why wouldn't I want to help starting an education fund for them? So a lot of it is, you know, if, if the parents are doing well right now um, and they can help the kids and the kids are not going to be taking advantage of them, philosophically, a lot of people like to, you know, pass it on now rather than wait when they don't need it. It's like you're 60. What are you going to do then? Tony Agoric, founder of Agoric Wealth Management based in Buffalo. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, Google's YouTube TV sets its sights on the NFL. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The NFL is reportedly nearing a deal with Google's YouTube TV for its Sunday ticket game package. We welcome in Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in Chicago. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Does this mean, does this represent one of the nails in the coffin of satellite TV? Well, yes, certainly. I mean, I think um, as a technology, satellite dishes um, are... They're not completely obsolete uh, for, for certain households, uh, especially in areas where there's not a lot of um, interference on the ground level. It's still um, a logical way to get uh, a lot of uh, linear television channels downstream. Um, but, you know, to your point, uh, the NFL's direct ticket package uh, has been, um, you know, exclusive to direct TV for many years. And, the only way one could get this package of out-of-market NFL games was to get a satellite dish. So for some people, that wasn't practical. For some people, it was a choice that uh, they didn't want to make. Uh, in theory, uh, if this does indeed go to the YouTube platforms at Google, as is rumored, um, it should give more ample opportunity for more people uh, to access this package versus having to go through the um, embedded subscription and uh, change into a, a satellite package. We don't have any uh, hard and fast figures yet, but DirecTV had been paying $1.5 billion a year since 2015 for the Sunday ticket, and uh, the NFL was looking for a payday between 2 and $3 billion for the next package. I think we all know kind of the issues with digital advertising and how it doesn't really make as much money as broadcast advertising once did, but uh, does Google have the potential to make money on this deal? Yeah, I believe they do, uh, and it's probably for a couple of different strategic reasons. Number one, the cost of this package is probably likely not to change. I don't. I, it might be subsidized a little bit, but people who get the, the package now through DirecTV, it's about $300 a year. Uh, I, I don't see that price tag being much different once uh, it's on the YouTube set of platforms. Um, the interesting wrinkle, there are two interesting wrinkles. Number one, it does give Google... Uh, slash YouTube a bit of a, a toehold 
in selling targeted advertising. Um, why am I going to see uh, targeted advertising when I'm paying $300 a year for this package? Well, um, what YouTube is getting is the right to rebroadcast the games that are coming produced from Fox and CBS during the Sunday afternoon games. Um, those games are obviously local provided uh, games and will have local ads in them from the various local uh, TV stations across Fox and CBS. Those will get stripped out uh, for the YouTube direct TV package viewer, whatever the name of it's going to be, um, and will be replaced by Google. Um, so that gives them a toehold to do some targeted advertising experimentation. The other one is uh, this is going to be available on two YouTube platforms. One's called YouTube TV, which is their um, their virtual version of a cable package for 65 bucks a month plus uh, added on, uh, as well as something brand new called uh, YouTube channels, YouTube primetime channels, um, which just launched that literally is um, a, a hub. Uh, they're trying to create a hub, not unlike Amazon is, where uh, you get all of your channels and you could subscribe to any of these extra packages through the YouTube interface. So this is two, these are two strategic things for Google. So, you know, will they make money immediately and specifically on this package? It's hard to say. They'll cover their costs for sure. But strategically, these are two big deals for uh, for Google going forward. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Travel for the Christmas weekend expected to be impacted by a major storm moving across the middle portion of the U.S. Ukraine's president visiting the United States for the first time since his country was invaded by Russia earlier this year. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, making sure you get full value from Social Security. And Christmas is rapidly approaching. We'll look at some great deals for late shoppers. Business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up 474 points. The NASDAQ is up 154. The S&P 500 is up 52. 22 degrees right now in Chicago under cloudy skies. Feels like 16 at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, it's not just the Chicago area, but a wide swath of the country in the path of that massive winter storm. The details from correspondent Julie Walker. Winter weather advisories, winter storm watches, wind chill warnings, and the list goes on, says National Weather Service lead forecaster Bob Orovec. The system is so large and so encompassing the U.S. There's actually about 190 million people currently under some type of winter weather advisory. He says all this adverse weather will affect travel, especially flights. The high winds will be definitely causing a problem at all the airports. 
And there's going to be a potential for some heavy snow, especially from the Chicago area northward into the Great Lakes. Some airlines offering waivers for passengers headed through airports in the storm zone. We do anticipate a potential for a foot to two feet of snow across a good part of Michigan, uh, the western portions of New York State, northern portions of New York State, any areas that are downwind of the Great Lakes. I'm Julie Walker. We will be under a winter storm warning from noon tomorrow through 6 o'clock Saturday morning. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has arrived in Washington, where he'll meet with President Biden and address a joint meeting of Congress. This will be a day to remember in the history of the United States Congress. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says it's nearly unheard of to have a foreign leader address Congress while at war. Where Winston Churchill stood generations ago, so too will President Zelensky stand here today, not just as a president, but as an ambassador of freedom itself. Zelensky's visit comes as lawmakers consider a spending bill with some $45 billion in aid for Ukraine, the biggest U.S. infusion yet. Republicans have signaled they will be more frugal with money for Kyiv upon taking House control next month. Sagar Magani, Washington. 12.33, the noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading higher today. We're joined by Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at MacroTides.com, based in San Diego. Jim, thanks for joining us today. Uh, now that it's, it's Wednesday, so uh, this we're, uh, enough time has passed to say that this week it seems like investors have uh, shaken off all of the uh, interest rate doldrums from last week. Yeah, I think that's happening, uh, Rob. But first, let me uh, wish you and all listeners a uh, healthy, happy uh, holiday and Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully uh, 2023 will bring, uh, you know, better uh, results for the financial market. So answer your question. Yeah, Chair Powell kind of threw some cold water on the idea that, uh, you know, lowering the funds rate or pardon me, not increasing it by 75 basis points, but only increasing it by 50, you know, was some kind of a big event. I think Powell made it clear, Rob, that they're going to push it a little bit higher, more importantly, hold it throughout 2023. Uh, and the economic repercussions, I think, are we're going to see a decided slowdown in the first half of uh, next year. And I think by mid-year, the risk of a recession taking hold is really high. You know, since we have a uh, blizzard bearing down on Chicago uh, starting tomorrow, I'm sure you're enjoying this, uh, listening to the weather <laughs> forecast in San Diego. But uh, I would love to tell you that I have access to a time machine. I want to go back to June when uh, the uh, Consumer Price Index was talking about uh, potential you know, 8 or 9% year-over-year increases in prices. Inflation seemed like it was very difficult to tame. And tell people that by the time uh, December rolls around, consumer confidence on the upswing. Inflation, we've turned the corner. Gas prices, lower than they were before the invasion of Ukraine. And that um, the job market is still robust. And I ask the June person to say, soft landing, do you buy that scenario? Uh, all, given all that we know right now, heading into 2023, um, is recession still a realistic outcome here? It seems like the economy is very resilient. Right. Well, uh, the economy is resilient. People had a lot of savings uh, coming into this year. Rob, wage growth continues to be pretty good. The unemployment rate near a 40 or pardon me, a 50 year low. So those are the things that are keeping spending alive. I just think as the impact from what the Fed has done with rates 
you know, takes hold, we're going to see the economy slow. If you look at the yield curve, leading economic indicators have been down for eight months in a row. Banks started to raise lending standards in the third quarter. All those things are preconditions of a recession, and they've all given those signals. So uh, confidence rebounded primarily because gas prices uh, have come down, and that is like the biggest determinant of confidence. So, uh, again, this stuff always takes time to unfold. Um, but I still think the probabilities of a recession are high. More importantly, Rob, yes, inflation is coming down. I had been talking about that for months. Uh, it's going to come down more in the first quarter. But the, Powell told us that the real focus for him and the rest of the FOMC as we go into next year is going to be the labor market. They're happy with inflation coming down, but they really want to see the labor market uh, tightness ease. And that means higher unemployment. And and this is maybe just be recency bias on my part as the full-time host of a financial show, but it seemed like in 2022, there were more reports and more pieces of data that moved markets compared to previous years. Is that a correct observation? I think so. If you look at the percentage of days uh, where the market was up 1% or 2%, I think uh, 2022 is a real standout. And again, I think a lot of those big moves, Rob, are the result of Wall Street underestimating the Fed's resolve and their intention first to raise rates. And I think in 2023, the next thing you're going to miss is the Fed. When the economy does, in fact, show more signs of slowing, the Fed isn't going to do an about face. And I think that's why there's going to be another leg down in the market at that point in time. People have been conditioned to expect the Fed to ease on the first sign of economic weakness. The Fed has told us clearly that that's not what they're going to do next year. So we're going to see more volatility in the first half of uh, 2023. Jim Welsh, macro strategist, portfolio manager, macrotides.com, based in San Diego. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, strategies to get the most from Social Security. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There are some big advantages to waiting as long as you can to collect Social Security. Let's talk about them with Ed Jertson, certified financial planner, and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago, the website EngageWealthGroup.com. Ed, thanks for joining us today. I think uh, all of American society has uh, 65, the age of 65, is that magic number when you're supposed to retire. I know all of my kind of retirement calculations are based on uh, what I'm going to be doing on June 9th of uh, 2045, but uh, given the advances of me- in medical technology, uh, you can can live a lot longer and as a result work a lot longer well rob it's great to be with you one and number two is that the the 65 age that's etched into a lot of folks minds is completely understandable because that's the way the rules were up until 1983 and after the 1983 social security reform measures that were put in they moved the goalpost from 65 to 67 to get your full retirement age benefits I think what's really important for your listeners to understand is Social Security is actually anti-poverty insurance. It's not a private or a public pension. It's anti-poverty insurance that was put in during the Depression because seniors had such a difficult time financially through the Depression. So that's why it was instilled. So for most people out there, delaying benefits as long as you can up until age 70 is, is a very good financial a lever, if you would, if you can wait that long. What is the difference uh, in your monthly Social Security benefit uh, if you wait until 70 versus if you hang it up at, let's say, 67? 
Great question. You get an 8% increase in your benefits every year you delay benefits. So if you're eligible at age 67, but you can wait it out for three more years, that's 24% of extra benefit that you're going to receive. And again, what your listeners should really pay attention to is that 8.7% increase in benefits that people are going to get next year. That's where that 8% per year comes in. And then that additional inflation benefit comes in over your lifetime can add up to literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of extra benefit. And then how has uh, people's kind of changing relationship with aging changed the retirement planning business? Because I had a conversation with somebody in the newsroom last week about how uh, you look at old pictures of relatives and you go, my God, they must have been uh, 65 or, or 70 or 80 years old. It's like, no, they were 55 back then in 1975. <laughs> so so the idea of people, you know, people got older younger back then, and now they are staying younger older in 2022. And how does that change the retirement calculus? And that's an excellent point, because when Social Security first came around, right, the, the median age for life expectancy was about 60 years for males and about 64 years old for females. And today those numbers are in the 80s, right? Almost 80 for females uh, and 73 for males. So we don't underestimate life expectancy. So the first recipient of Social Security, she lived to age 100. So she outreached all the numbers. So ultimately we are living longer thanks to medical technology and better eating habits and so on and so forth. So this is again, one of the reasons why we strongly encourage people to delay because we're living longer. And then how does that, uh, you know, going off the subject a little bit, but how does that uh, impact uh, one's plans to save? Well, this is augmented. Again, this is why I wanted to emphasize the point that Social Security is anti-poverty insurance. It's not a 401k plan or a pension. So Social Security, in our view, is going to still be there, even though all the scary numbers about running out of benefits Congress doesn't act until Congress has to act. And so there's some really simple levers that they can pull to keep Social Security benefits robust. But ultimately, kind of going back to your point is, is that by delaying those credits and those benefits can really help be a part of that overall financial plan. But saving in retirement accounts, whether it's a 401k or other things, all of these different elements help save for that entire retirement pie once you get to that age. Ed Jertson, Certified Financial Planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come. Fantastic deals for last-minute holiday shoppers. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. If you've procrastinated with your holiday shopping, it may work to your advantage, at least in terms of deals. We welcome in Jan Rogers Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Jan, thanks for joining us today. It seems like a lot of people did their holiday shopping early, and that means the stores are doing what they can to clear out their merchandise. So if you're a last-minute shopper, this is your week. Yeah, it's been an interesting pattern. People did a lot of their shopping in October, and then we saw some slowdown in November and then some pickup, you know, Cyber Week. And now we're to the point where normally you wouldn't be getting a deal because they know if you come now, you really have to buy something. But you can get a deal still out in the stores today, and the merchandise is still there. And in 2021 and in 2020, there wasn't any merchandise still there to buy. So it kind of looks like back to 2019, a normal year, there's merchandise available, 40% off. You should go buy stuff. 
and those last minute gifts, you know, they, they might still be there unless you're looking for something very, very uh, special. But uh, you should know that uh, the, the have it shipped to your home option is uh, pretty much off the table at this point. I looked at a, a potential last minute gift uh, last night. Now, I, I've got all my shopping done. I got, I got to confess that right now. It's all done. Just had another idea saying, oh, I wonder, wonder if, if that's still available. And uh, if you went with the online option, uh, it was arriving next Wednesday. So you have to go in the store. And it's not joyful hustle and bustle. It's uh, sweaty and panicked hustle and bustle. Well, it is a bit of that, but in a lot of cases, you can buy it online and pick it up curbside, and then you don't have to go in at least the sweaty hustle and bustle. You might get your car bent as you're driving through the parking (laughs) lot, but you won't have to go in the store. That'd be a break. So yes, it it will be interesting to watch, but if you want to get out and get last-minute gifts at Macy's or Kohl's or Dillard's or, you know, any of the big shopping places like that, or particularly, of course, Walmart, who's always got pretty much now the best deals in inflationary times. If that's the kind of stuff you want to buy, it's there, and it's probably still 40% off. It may have been a little cheaper over Black Friday weekend, but it's not back to full price, and that's because there's still a lot of merchandise out there. We saw great numbers out of Nike today, but if you want to go buy Nike the deal, they are really marking it down because their inventory is still up 43% year over year. That's just a good example. You can also get not great deals, but the product is there at Lululemon, for instance, if you're going after last-minute gifts. And then a lot of people will be going to places where they want to maybe buy cosmetics at Ulta or cosmetics at Sephora. It's available, it's there, and the pricing's good. So, yeah, those are the kind of last-minute gifts you buy, and it can happen. And, yeah, you may have to rub shoulders with a few other people, but the product's there, and last year it wasn't. Jan Rogers-Niffin, CEO of J. Rogers-Niffin Worldwide, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Don't worry, I have all of my last-minute shopping covered, and I know I have to hit Weebolts, Mori Mages, and uh, possibly the flip side uh, before before Friday. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.